You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. All right, guys. Oh, boy, this feels really official. Who's guilty? <laughs> no, I'm guilty. <laughs> um, thanks, for, thanks for coming to our, our lesson, class, talk. You're probably going to learn that we're not perfect people. And, you know, I'm qualified because I'm broken, you know, so that gives me the right to talk about all this stuff. Um, but we're going we're gonna to have a good time because this is a really great topic that I'm sure a lot of you could relate to. Um, the title of our class is Peace. And you can look at it in lots of ways, but we're going to talk about God's peace that surpasses all understanding. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to look at a really special type of peace um, where you're going to share a little bit about what God has taught us. Sound good? All right. All right. Um, so I just want to take a quick poll. Okay. Now, don't look around, but I want you just to raise your hand if you feel like at the moment, right now, you have peace. Well, I'm not going to spe- specify that. So I would say about a third of the room. Now, how many people honestly would say, you know what, I don't really have peace right now? Okay. So, well, there's a lot more hands. So I would say three quarters of the room. Those numbers don't add up. So I'm going to take the latter. Um, and I would say you're pretty normal if you don't have peace. You're pretty normal if everything's not going as planned right now. And what you're probably going to learn, after, hopefully, after this lesson is that you're not alone. And God does have a purpose and a plan for you, even in that. And so our theme scripture, if you don't have your Bibles out, you want to get them ready because we're going to have some scriptures, is Philippians 4, um, verse 6 through 7. And it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Um, and I just and I just want to say, if you felt like me any time over the last 12 months, 6 months, 3 months, 3 days, 3 hours, at times you can feel like a basket case and feel like you don't have much peace. But I'm reminded by the scriptures that God wants to give us something so deep that it can surpass all understanding. And he'll guard my heart and my mind. And I love reading this passage because it tells me the truth. Um, so this is going to be a little interactive. I want you guys to help me out. What comes to mind when you think about peace or having peace? Give me some synonyms. Tranquility. Tranquility. Calmness. 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 Sleep. Sleep. The beach. Quiet. Yoga. Okay, okay. Now, what are some things you can think of when you don't have peace? How is life? So you fill in the blank, right? Uh, But one of the most common synonyms that I found that people describe, if you go into uh, some sort of psychiatric testing, if you do any sort of research, a lot of times they have scales and barometers that measure peace. And the most common synonym is happiness. How happy are you? How do you feel? 
Is this sustainable? What can cause you to, to feel or to have some sort of pleasure, um, comfort, consolation, relief? Or are you feeling hatred, agitated, disharmony, distress, frustration, upset? Or are you even at war within yourself? Um, these are some things a psychiatrist, or if you're going through a psychological evaluation, may say, well, how do you feel this way? Um, and I want to let you know that God knows about all these feelings and a lot more. And his word can really help you because it centers us and it tells us the truth about who we are mm -hmm. in him. Um, so going back to that scripture in Philippians 4, um, I want to read a different version that hit me like a ton of bricks today. I was sharing with Amelia when we were talking. I said, I've never heard this version. It says, in God's peace, Philippians 4, 7, shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ, and so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding, shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I don't know, bro. And when you find out, let me know. <laughs> But I love that version, maybe an amplified version. Um, but God's peace is so much different, so much better than what the world has to offer. The world tries to give us happiness or short-term shints and stints and let me jump charge and turbocharge you to feel this way because that's what's really going to give you the peace you long for. But God wants to give us so much more. And he gives us an option. He doesn't force us to have it. He says... I got something so special for you that I want you to grasp, and you can choose this type of peace. In Psalms 4 8, it says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep for you, Lord. Alone make me dwell in safety and confident trust. And that's the kind of peace we're going to talk about today. So I'm going to let Amelia share her story and what God's done for her and taught her. Um, okay, well, I'm Amelia. Some of you guys might know, and um, I actually grew up in the West region. And I've been a disciple for about nine years now, which is just really exciting, kind of crazy. But I was converted in the teen ministry. Um, and it's definitely been a journey. And finding my peace and finding peace from God has definitely been a journey. Um, you know, Marco gave me a couple of options to share about tonight. And uh, I specifically chose this topic because I feel like it's something that God has really worked in my life over the past year especially. Um, you know, I think some of you, and hopefully you can relate, um, struggle with anxiety, struggle with worry, struggle with uh, just being overcome by fear and uh, doubting that God will work in the ways that I need or the ways that I expect him to. Um, and there are just so many things that we can worry about. Uh, I mean, I'm sure for a lot of you it's work. Um, for me, it's school, every test, every paper, every project, every presentation. You know, I have about a million thoughts in my head running around and I feel fearful and I'm scared. Um, of how I'm going to come across, of how I'm going to do. Um, you know, I think we worry about responsibilities. There's so many things that I'm sure a lot of you guys have to take care of. Um, as a 24-year-old single, I don't have a ton to think about in that area, but I think um, those things can definitely cause us anxiety. Uh, and just another area um, that I think we can all relate to is in relationships. And I really want to share with you guys just uh, an experience that I've had over the, over the last year um, where I've experienced just a lack of peace in uh, one of my relationships and just um, a, an inner turmoil when, I, when my expectations in that relationship were not met. Um, so this was like Christmas, um, 
this past Christmas, and uh, I had a family event, and there's a family member in my life that I I had these expectations of, you know, how we would relate um, during Christmas, and none of those expectations were met. And I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I was so disappointed, um, and I really was not able to cling to that scripture. I didn't pray. I didn't rejoice, um, and really the outcome for me was so, was so discouraging. Um, you know, I, I wallowed, I threw myself a pity party. I criticized other people in the situation and I didn't understand, um, why they didn't have the same expectations as me. Um, I doubted whether, whether or not God was even listening to me. I didn't understand. Um, I thought it was a good thing that I wanted. Uh, I, I think, I still think it was, but I didn't understand like, why didn't God want that for me as well? Um, And so, you know, it was a really difficult time, and, you know, I can share more with each of you personally if you want to hear more about it. Um, But thankfully, through prayer and the help of some very, very gracious people, um, I was able to pull out of that mindset and uh, draw closer to God and to his promises. And I wanted to share just a couple of scriptures with you guys um, that really helped me through this. And uh, the first is in Psalm 37.5. It says, Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will act. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Give all of your worries and cares to God, for he cares for you. Uh, And I think these scriptures and the one in Philippians are very clear um, that I have a choice in my actions. I can choose to commit my way to the Lord. I can choose to give my cares to him. And he will fulfill his promises. He will act. He will, you know, he cares for me. Um, or I can do what I did the first time, which was remain stuck in my disappointment and not receive peace and and really dwell in all those things that I was telling you guys about, just my wallowing and my pity and all those things. Um, but fortunately, I, I have a victory to share with you guys. Um, fast forward about six months, there's another event in my life, another family event, same family member, same expectations. They didn't change. You know, I, I looked at this person the same way. I still wanted the same things from our relationship. Um, but there was a huge difference in my own actions and my own decisions. And I decided, um, in that time that I was going to follow Philippians 4, 6 and 7, that I was going to rejoice, that I was going to be joyful no matter what my situation was, that I was going to pray, that I was going to give thanksgiving, that I was going to be grateful for whatever God, um, had provided me with in that moment. Um, and the outcome was so different for me. And again, the expectations were the same, even the way the person acted was in a lot of ways the same, um, but how I walked away from that was completely different. It was a total 180. Um, I walked away just being joyful and being grateful and being able to have a different perspective. Um, I think the first time I was so short-sighted and I only saw what I wanted in that moment instead of seeing so many other ways that God has blessed me and fulfilled my life you know if it wasn't in that relationship there was four or five plus people that were looking to meet my needs that were looking to take care of me um and I was so grateful for that and I think you know what I want you guys to really walk walk away from and really um hear from my situations is that even though these two situations were the same the outcomes were very different and not because um God changed my situation which I think a lot of times that we can pray for like God you know, are you going to adjust? Like, are you going to change things? Like, what is your will? Like, can you just, is there going to be a miracle? Is this person going to change? You know, am I not going to have to go here? Not going to have to do this? Um, 
And I feel like God was very clear to me, like, no, I'm not going to do that. You're still going to have to go through this. But you have a choice. You have a choice to act differently. Um, You have control over your own decisions. And, you know, I think in the second situation, I was able to trust him to make a decision to pray, to make a decision to be grateful. And I think that really did give me a peace that surpassed my understanding. Because if I was in control of the situation, you know, I didn't understand. That wasn't a peace that I understood. But walking away, um, it really was a peace that surpassed all understanding. So thank you, guys. And, you know, I can, I can really relate to Amelia's story um, because we all get placed in those situations where circumstances don't change, but God can change our outlook on things, which makes a world of difference. Mm-hmm. And I feel that Jesus dying on the cross allowed us to have a new perspective. It's not always an easy one to remember, but it is mind-blowing. It changes everything. And so... Um, you know, this last year, I've, I've been placed to exercise the same thing I'm telling you about. It doesn't matter how much you've heard this or you've seen it, it's still uncomfortable to be placed back in that situation. Um, I've prayed for God for 10 years to help make clear what you want me to do with life. And many of you know who've either talked to me or know me or whatever, know, I've probably done a little bit of everything. And this is not by choice, I promise you. This is, I feel like, a a bag of just like a mixed bag of Skittles. Like just, you know, what's your favorite flavor? Um, But it's come a lot of times not knowing what I'm going to do or where God wants to take me. I may only know enough for the next day or the next six months or the next year. I'm standing here in scrubs and... I was so frustrated at healthcare that I was like, I'm just going to give this up and go back to finance and all this other stuff. But I feel like that's the journey God has me on um, because he helps me to depend on him in this way. Um, He helps me to, my relationship to stay intimate through my struggle. And when I I pray, I want to be closer to you. I want to know this piece that you're talking about. Well, this is what happens. I had to go through some stuff. Um, so just to give you a little bit, a little background, I've, I've been a disciple for about five years, um, been a Christian for real for five years, although my whole, mo- the majority of my life I've been claiming um, to follow Christ in that way. Well, you know what? I went to college uh, when I was 17. I graduated uh, with a couple degrees by the time I was 20, and I, I said to myself, you know what? I got the rest of my life ahead of me to develop the best I could about me. And so from 20 to I'm 29 now, um, I realized I had the most important part missing, and God wasn't the center of it. And no matter how many things I had, no matter how much money I made, no matter who the girlfriend was, who I thought I was going to marry, and this or that, God wasn't the center of it. God was the bonus. He was like, okay, my life is great, therefore I'm going to thank you, God. It was so conditional. And he really exposed me. So when I studied the Bible and I learned what type of relationship that God wanted for me, I had to really count the cost of I may not know what this may look like, but you promise it's going to be awesome. So backtrack five years, I've become a disciple, and I've been on this incredible journey of learning how to realize, understand, surrender, and accept God's peace. Um, this last year has been especially challenging as there's been uh, transitions in my 
in my personal life, I was adopted, so I have like a huge family, I have two sides of my family, and I realize I don't spend very much time with them, and they're longing for Big Brother, and I feel like I'm not spending enough time for them because I need to worry about things about me. You know, I'm almost 30 now. I don't have this. I don't have that. This is not straight. I can't believe I'm still in school after all this and yada, yada, yada. Um, I've had all this fun, and I realize that, you know what, that doesn't get you anywhere. That may make you feel, you know, you may get on a high for a second. But there's so much left, something so much deeper. And when I would run across people who had it, I always wonder what it was so special about them. And even though I never really told them or admitted it, I knew that there was something deeper. Um, but you go talk to some of these people, and you realize they've got an incredible story with God. Um, they've got an incredible story of the most intimate relationship you could ever have. Um, so I want to share with you guys, and hopefully you can relate in your own story, because I know you have your, your own story God's created, of things that kind of rob us and, and can tend to help us to not um, realize this sort of peace. And for me, it's entitlement and pleasure. Um, both are like the vital signs of just like that Satan uses to like say, you know what? Everything else may be going, but if these two things are off, if you're just seeking pleasure or you feel entitled to something, then you're going to come crashing down. I thought life was good for three years, but what was developing in my heart was I felt like God owed me something. Mm-hmm. I felt like he owed me a better life. Look at all the things that I've done. Haven't I been a good boy? Um, aren't you Lord? Or look at all the things I, I, I gave up. I felt entitled to more. Or... I said, I said to myself, you know what, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to, you know, do some things where I say I'm going to, I just want to feel like, you know, you're rubbing me on my back, like you're patting me, you're, you're telling me something. I'm going to seek some sort of pleasure. And I don't know what that is for you, but we all got our own struggles. But over time, all those things that got exposed and God said, this is not, this is not pure. And I felt empty. I felt uh, alone. I felt vulnerable. I felt like I don't understand what's going on. And so if you look on your screen, there's a pleasure-seeking chart that I want to share with you that kind of shows how this cycle works. You, you get this, you feel this pleasure of whatever sort that is. You feel satisfied, and you feel guilty because then you realize, I know I probably shouldn't have done that. Or you realize what you did was wrong. You feel empty, despair. Then you get bored of it. So you probably do even worse things. And then you go back to the other cycle. You get distracted. You're trying to fix yourself now. You're tempted to do the old things that you wanted to do, desperate, some stimulation, and you start this pleasure cycle all over again. And that's, and that's the cycle that I was living in, even subconsciously. What's the next thrill for me? What's the next job? What's the next title? What's the next whatever that I needed to have to make me feel like I had a real purpose? Um, and so this cycle can tempt all of us. And so if you're in that cycle now, I just wanted to ask you, you know, to be real about where you're at. First thing I had to do was get open and ask people, what do you see in me? What's going on? Because I knew I already felt bad about what this cycle that I was in. I knew at some point I was going to have to change things around, but I didn't have an urgency to do it. Um, so I had to ask some people who were close to me, hey, you know what, what do you see in me? that I don't see, or I do see, I just see I'm, I'm pretending like I don't see. But look at the damage it's causing my life. I felt empty. I felt, I still don't get this. I still want more. And I know it's going to create this cycle all over again. It's never going to give me what I really want. I didn't have God's peace. 
Um, and that's and that's and that's after knowing God. Before knowing God, it was I was in this relationship for six years. Um, I thought I wanted to fix her, and she was going to fix me. We're going to be great together. We're going to have this whole life ahead of us. Well, if any of you work in healthcare at all, you know life is really short. Tomorrow's not promised. And you could walk out of this room and die. Not to scare you, but you could literally be, this could be your last hours here. What's, what really matters to you? What legacy are you going to leave behind? Are you pursuing God's peace or just happiness in your life? Um, I'm going to show you, I'm going to talk about a couple things where you can kind of assess yourself and ask yourself, okay, where am I at? Where's my heart right now? What am I about? Because the Bible mentions many things in regards to peace. One is prayer. In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, um, he says, make, he says, make, he says, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be, be made known to God. How's your prayer life? He says, the peace will come that surpasses all understanding. But prayer is for you. God knows what you're going to pray about, pray about before you pray. But prayer is for you. Do you, just, do you just pray about yourself? Do you pray about I? Um, serving Christ. Romans 14, 17 through 19, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. The Bible says that servitude makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. There's something special about taking your eyes off of you. You may walk around and say, why is, you know, why is, everyone seems so busy or this? Well, they're serving. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I tell you, if you're struggling right now with not having peace... How much are you serving? Let's talk about love. 2 Corinthians 13 and 11. Finally, brothers, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. I know it's taboo, and our culture says, you know, you gotta, you, they, they promote things that build up you, and it's all about self-promotion. But there's something special about loving and considering each other's needs and each other that's mutual. It builds them up, but it also builds you up. It's mutual of building. Um, and the last two is trust and faith. And I'm going to combine them. I'm going to combine the two because I don't know if you if you if you're a Christian and you've been walking with God your whole life, or you may say. I grew up knowing God when I was young, or I grew up knowing God three years ago. I'm just kind of backsliding. Um, but there's a certain level that you are not going to have real peace without a relationship with God. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read a quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, God cannot give us a happiness and peace apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. There is no real peace without God. Um, in Isaiah 12, 2, it says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid. 
For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. His salvation gives us a peace. So if you're not sure about your salvation, <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I, when I, when I went around 100 churches looking for one that I said believed in the Bible, I said, you know what? Something's not, something feels a little off in the inside. And I don't know what it is, but I knew I needed to be in a church. You know, I was kind of hoping that it would happen, you know, later because I know all those things Christians had to do. You know what I mean? Like, I knew what, I kind of knew what it meant. I knew I would come to church, you know, I have to give up X, Y, and Z. You know what? But I'm going to get to it. Well, he says, you really can't have what you're looking for until you have me. So everything you want doesn't happen until you have me. And that's going to take some trust and some faith. I want to pull up the next slide here. And I want you to, I want you to consider something. Amelia kind of talked about it uh, when she was sharing her story. Part of what God did to help her mind and her heart was she had those two situations, and the outcome was different because... She took her mind off of her and, her and she put her mind back on God. And it's something that we can all struggle with. Uh, King Solomon in the Old Testament, the guy who had tons of wisdom, struggled at times with focusing on himself. He said, he said I mean, he could, he, he could come here and disciple all of us and tell us things we would have never, these mysteries would have been uncovered. But he struggled. And in Ecclesiastes, um, I just want to read part of it to show you an example of what he says. Ecclesiastes 2, uh, 1 through 11. You can read that on your own time. But just listen. look at this little excerpt here. It says, I explore with my mind how to stimulate my body with wine. I enlarge my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself. I collected for myself silver and gold. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of men. And all that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not withhold my heart from any pleasure. What's the common theme here? I. I did all these things. I went to Starbucks today. Because I wanted to feel some sort of pleasure. I could have made myself a cup of coffee this morning. And you may be laughing and chuckling, but I'm being serious. I just wanted to feel like that. I wanted that soy mocha. <laughs> it was going to help me get through the day. I needed this type of car because I said it was going to make me feel better. It's just me being concerned about me. I need to be with someone. I got to have this type of career. I got to make this much money. I got to hold God to this standard because if he does it, I'm going to be so disappointed. It's about me again. Um, and King Solomon knew, and he struggled with this after being a man of God. We can all be tempted to struggle with this way. I'm just going to ask you guys just to be open, just in a, in a, round, in a round way. What are some of the things or what are some of the areas we can be tempted to focus too much about I? Time. My time is mine. Don't call me when I get off work. What else? Money. Oh, don't mess with my money. Don't mess with my money. I'll give you a hug at church, but don't ask for nothing. 
What else? Career. Well, shouldn't we all have a career? Doesn't it say if you don't work, you shouldn't eat? Yes. But can you be too focused on your career? What does your career build up? Who does it build up? It builds you up. Hey, I'm not saying you shouldn't have great jobs, all right? I just told you my sin. But I'm saying there's a point when everything can become about selfishness. It can become about you. What else? Just a couple more. Relationships. In what way? How could they be focused about you? That's a great point. Easy to love people who are like you. I'm in this relationship because of what this person can give me. And I tell you what, you don't want to wait till you're in a relationship to figure out, I'm really selfish. <laughs> you know what, I'm just, you know what, you know, when I'm in a relationship, I'm going to change. All of a sudden, I'm going to be giving and I'm going to be loving. and I'm going to I mean, for real, you know what I mean. I'm going to repent here when I'm, when I'm with someone. On the third kid, then I'm going to be that person I always. <laughs> Isn't that what the world says? You're going to settle down eventually? Live your life, do what you want? Hmm. And not just the world in that sense, but even, even being with God, even knowing him. Solomon was tempted to focus on him. There's a part of it like, leave me alone. Well, you know what? You've got to choose to trust God each and every day, each and every moment. And it works. It works. Um, I'm actually, we're going to do something a little different. I want to hear more what you guys have to say. But what we'll do is we're gonna, I'm going to ask you a question and give you a list. And I want you guys to break off into groups. Now, here's the trick. This is only going to work if we have everyone on board. So if some people decide to be social butterflies, like we did in the announcements, this is not going to work. I'm going to time you. It's 8.34. I want to give you 10 minutes to talk about a question. And then we're going to come back together and we're going to share some of what we discussed and what we learned from each other. Amen? Amen. Okay. So I know as, as we're talking, as the word just provoked your heart, I know there's some things that probably God was even revealing right now. And so I'm going to turn to the next slide. And here's a list, okay, of two things. On one side, it shows things that rob us of peace. Rob us of the peace God wants to give us. Things that give us peace. All right? So things that rob us of peace. Being judgmental. Guilt. Feeling guilty. You ever met a person, they just feel guilty all the time? Have you ever just felt guilty? You're your own worst enemy? Being critical. You're sitting there right now analyzing everything and just being critical, conditionally loving, being around people who are like you, um, entitlement like me, overburdening, comparing yourself. Why am I, God, why am I not like this person or that person or this person has this, this person has that? Laziness, a lack of a vision. You don't have a plan. Short-term perspective. I'm just thinking about tomorrow, the fun I'm going to have the next three hours. Well, where is that? Tunnel vision. Um, 
And actually, the last one should be on the other side. <laughs> and things that, things that give us peace. Surrender. Let it go. Toss it up and let it go. Trust God and people that God puts in your life. Um, I know if you're like me at a certain point, you're like, you know, God's going to fix it. He's going to change my heart. He'll disciple me. He'll rebuke me if he needs to. Well, he may have just sent that person. <laughs> my pride was just through the roof. Um, you know what I mean. Giving the benefit of the doubt. When something happens and there's a mistake, do you just say, you know what? I believe you. and Let it go. Being unconditionally loving. No matter how you treat me, I'm going to love you back. Healthy motivation. Being organized. Being disciplined. These are things that God tell us to do that give us this peace um living and accepting your own shortcomings we're not perfect maybe you're not where you need you want to be well god you're still here and god's giving you a choice and presenting all this opportunity for you to make a decision accept that accept that god's still working healthy self-esteem that's an important one as well all right, so what we're going to do is it is now 8.37. At 8.47, um, I'm going to ask you to get in groups of three to four. We're going to meet back here, and we're going to share uh, some of what we came up with. And the discussion question is only one. What side do you relate to most, and where would you like to be? <laughs> so if you feel like, well, I, I do most of the things that rob me of peace, Amen. Well, where would you like to be and how are you going to get there? Everybody understand the question? Okay, 10 minutes and we're going to be back here. Okay, guys, if you could, if you could all pull back in just for the last five minutes. We're just going to share a little bit about what we're talking about. I know you're having a good conversation, Katrina. <laughs> yeah. We just want to have a time to share and learn from each other. Um, so maybe we can just get a couple volunteers to share uh, about what side you relate to and where you'd like to be. How are you going to get there? Which side of the list do you relate to? <laughs> All right, amen. So just from, just from people sharing, you, hopefully you feel like you're not the only one. You feel like yeah. we all struggle in some way with something's trying to take away God's peace from us. Um, and I just want to encourage you, um, just being mindful that our ultimate peace and the foundation of it is our relationship with God. Yeah. Um, not just as C.S. Lewis says, but as Christ came to die for us, so that we could have this sort of peace, this sort of peace with God, that will one day we'll be with him forever mm-hmm. in heaven. Um, so if you don't have that, I encourage you to start there. And if you do... Um, Read your Bible and remind yourself of the things you probably already know, but it's good to hear anyway. Um, so, hope you enjoyed our lesson. It's been really fun with work with Amelia. I learned a lot from her, from partnering up with her, and um, she taught me a lot. It's funny how men and women think very differently. So, asking some perspective from <laughs> from someone else will help too. But let's let's <laughs> let's pray. Let's stand up, guys, and we'll all pray together, and we'll head out.
There she is. Father, thank you um, for being God. Thank you for knowing everything, for providing in every which way, for helping us not to be anxious, for giving us nothing to worry about. Um, even the people that can take our lives from this world, God, you've given us so much more. Thank you for eternity, Lord. And thank you, Lord, that you can relate to any feeling we may have when we feel alone, when we feel ashamed, when we feel like nobody gets us. When we feel like no one's ever going through this, when we feel like this is harder than anything else anyone else has gone through, God, you get us. God, and I pray, Lord, that you would help us to make you more of the foundation of everything we do. Please captivate our thoughts. Mm -hmm. God, please help us to um, not just fight the mental game, but God, help us to to not be lazy. And Lord, help us to really put to practice all the things we know we should do already. Mm -hmm. Um, God, thank you for being the great physician, God. You can figure us out. God, I ask that you, um, each person walk away with something that they can take um, for their life. And, God, that we can maybe pass on to someone else. Help us to be givers and not just takers or receivers. Lord, and I pray, God, um, God, I just pray that, Lord, um, that we can look back on the hard times, whether we're in a hard time now, and look back and say we thank you so much, God, that you taught us so much about you mm-hmm. and how much you provide and how much you protect, how much you guard our hearts and minds, God, through your son, Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. You've just listened to the Elevate podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.